Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Come on, give them a hand clap as you're taking your seats this evening. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God for all of you all who are here. And uh, again, we're we're family. Amen. And uh, uh, we bring you greetings from Greensboro and uh, the saints at, at Bethany. We had a tremendous time last night in our worship service and uh, challenging the people of God. Uh, we're believing the Lord for a three and a half million dollar facility. Amen. Um, and so we've been talking about faith. Amen. Uh, looking for a place that will house uh, not only the, the church, but also uh, the Numa network of churches and a few other things that God has blessed us to do. So ask you all to put that on your prayer list because yes. uh, I'm asking God for a debt-free building. Amen. That's the kind of faith I have. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so, but we're, we're in the throes of uh, all that God has ordained for us to be and uh, to do as a church. And so uh, I, I want to say a couple of things sort of to uh, set the table for us. It's good to see y'all. Amen. Besides, besides just on Facebook, praise the Lord. It's good to see y'all in person. Amen. Uh, uh, but I, I want to say this, and, uh, and this is uh, not an apology or anything, but uh, uh, just the, the weight of what we're going to talk about here, uh, at least today and tomorrow, uh, the magnitude of it is just so uh, grand, if you will. Uh, I was talking to someone today, and, and I said, man, this is like a 50,000-foot view. Of, uh, of, of these two things. I mean, it's two, two little words, restoration and, and revelation, but in, in terms of the kingdom economy, there is just so much to them. And, uh, and so I want to say this, I'm not apologizing, uh, because uh, John has the task and the elders have the task after I'm gone uh, to take this and to break it down uh, even more, amen, to drill down into it. Uh, and so uh, I don't want you to feel like I'm going to cheat you, but we're, we're, just, we're just skimming the surface, amen. Uh, I was having to put some stuff back because I said, we, we don't have time uh, for, for all of this. And then the other thing is, as this word is ministered by the Holy Spirit, it is going to rest on each of you differently. And that's okay. Come on, say that. That's okay. okay. Uh, And I want you to be comfortable with uh, receiving it uh, based on where you are. Amen? Because there's something in it uh, for everybody. Simply said, you know, everybody won't see it or receive from it the same way. Yes, sir. But there is benefit and there is uh, importance to this, this particular teaching over the next several days I believe, for this house and what God has called you to do. And so uh, for a a background uh, text, you can turn to Acts chapter 3, amen, and uh, and actually uh, uh, we're just giving an overview tonight, but Acts chapter 3, and uh, we are, I I put this in, John's going to talk something about it um, tomorrow. We've been refining the vision uh, for the school of equipping. Um, since the last time I have uh, talked to you all, besides in the NUMA network, it has become a national model 
for another fellowship of churches that I'm a part of the leadership team that's international as well. Uh, it has become a model for them. So this, but, but the School of Equipping is a strategic time, amen, uh, uh, of restoration, which is a word that we had to add. And um, simply because we realize that as God, and we'll talk about this more over the weekend, that as God brings people into the house of the Lord and into his family, they come in a certain condition, uh, broken, shattered, amen, torn, tattered. Uh, and it's just wrong to put the tools of the Lord into bloody hands. And too many churches are uh, more concerned about getting people plugged in, right? Instead of mended and made whole yes, and, and, and I, I started to bring a, a colander uh -huh. to, to show the saints how we show up at the church. And Sunday after Sunday, revelation is being poured into uh -huh. uh, containers. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that can't contain, can't hold, right. and it's running out all out over the place. Praise God. But I, I, I saw on TV they have this... Uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's like this miracle seal. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Somebody knows what I'm talking yes, about. You've yes, seen the commercial. Yes. And you can rub that seal on it, and, 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 and it just won't leak yes, anymore. That's right. Right? And so that process needs to happen within the church so that as revelation is poured into you, the mm -hmm. word of God is poured into you, it doesn't leak out between gatherings. Come on. And, and, then, and then there are some people who, who uh, you know, they have, they have rocks and debris in their colander. And so everything that they hear somehow has to filter wow. over all of that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, 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 so, and so by the time it, it runs through, amen, it, 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 it has a mixture. Y'all got a book about that. Come on. It, it has some, some contaminants. It has some... Some things that, that uh, uh, diminish the purity yes, and the quality. And so, and so we have to give some time uh, to restoration and then training, equipping, and, and ultimately releasing. Because that's what uh, the five-fold ministry is about. It's about releasing. It's not about uh, collecting, if you will. And, and so our aim is to provide uh, biblically accurate instruction. He was praying about it. And impartation. And you're going to see this over this weekend for a new generation of believers. Yes, sir. It's not just uh, those of us who have been in the way uh, for some time. But there's a new generation of believers who, number one, don't know how to function uh, from a spirit-filled perspective. Right. Amen. And so we, we want to help, help uh, prepare them and, and also to raise up leaders who desire to return to true New Testament doctrine, mm -hmm. order, and practice. Yes, sir. Because the, the, the church, and that's the, we're going to talk about that, one of the things that God is, is, is set on restoring is the church. Mm -hmm. The church needs to be uh, restored to what God has in mind for the church. Say amen. amen. And, and so let's look at these scriptures real quick in Acts chapter 3. Uh, and I would, I would encourage you and, and, and very well challenge you uh, to, to make Acts 3 verses 18 through 26 
a part of your meditation over the next seven days in particular. The scripture says, but those things which God foretold, listen to this, by the mouth of all his prophets. In other words, God already knew that restoration would be needed. So he foretold it by his, the Bible says, by the mouth of, look at this, all of his prophets carried a word of restoration. Amen. And, and, and it goes on to say that Christ would suffer, uh, he has thus fulfilled. And he says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. We'll talk about it, I think, tomorrow. Might get into it a little bit tonight. You can't see it right now, but there's nine aspects of restoration right here in this text that, that have to come to pass. And so scripture said, and that's why we have to have the, the other aspect of revelation. Yes, it, it, see, it would be wrong to talk about restoration and not include uh, a, a desire or an opportunity, really, for you to receive a revelation of it. Yes, sir. And, and we're going to distinguish between, over the course of this weekend, between revelation and illumination. Amen. We're going on a journey. That's why I said, now we're flying at 50,000 feet, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. But y'all pray for this. And so, and so it says, he says, verse 21, whom heaven must receive, look at this, until the times of restoration. Underline that in your Bible. Until the times of restoration of all things. Now, just because he says the restoration of all things doesn't mean it's going to be the restoration of everything. Because there are, there are some folk who have, have raised up this false doctrine of uh, universalism that says that even Satan is going to be restored. Come on, yeah. so, so he says all things, but not everything. That's important that, that we see that. He says, which God has spoken by the mouth again of all his holy prophets. For how long? Since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul, look at this, who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Now, we know that prophet is Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Right? And, and, and God had to, he had to even deal with the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. Because Peter, who was impetuous, right? Yeah. Peter jumped out there and said, man, it's good for us to be here. Let's build some tabernacles because we got Elijah and we got Moses representing the law and the prophets. And God said, hold up, wait a minute. Y'all go back to wherever y'all came from. I want you to just hear my son. That's right. Amen. 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 So he says, so, he, so if we don't hear him, he says, that, that they will be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. I believe nine times the word prophets is used. That's significant. And he says, you are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made uh, with our father, saying to Abraham, and in, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be what, saints? Blessed. To you, first God, having raised up his servant Jesus, 
sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Amen. Or from your sins. Everybody see that? So, so, so what do we, what do we intend uh, to achieve? Praise the Lord. We want to instill a heightened awareness, amen, and then stress the importance of restoration and revelation to the church. Amen. Because my assumption is not that you've never heard this before, but I may come across like I'm teaching this to you like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Amen. Because there's a lot of faulty teaching on restoration. See, God is not going to restore uh, uh, the animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. Come on. Come on. That's right. Come on. So we got people trying to, trying to restore some things, amen, that Christ fulfilled. Yes. Right. So, so we, need to, we need to be able to distinguish what, what those are. And so we want to stress the importance of restoration, revelation in the church, and then we want to encourage the saints to pursue fur further study of what God is doing, which is restoration, mm -hmm. and, and what God is saying to his people, which is, come on, say it with me, revelation. So he's doing something that's restoration, right? Amen. And he's saying something that's revelation. But it's at, at the end of the day, the bottom line, the ultimate, uh, ultimate uh, point behind this is his people. Is us. We have to be restored. If we tell the truth, come on, we still works in progress. Amen. Come on, we're not we're not cresting on sinless perfection. Not yet. Come on, God's still working on us. We got some evidence from this morning, right? Amen. The real folks talking back to me. All right. So 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 let's look at this. Let's look at this. So, so, so restoration, and this is in a great book, again, because we want you to do further study. A great book on this is called Restoration Theology by Kevin J. Connor. Anything by Kevin J. Connor you should have. Amen? And he's written a bunch of books, but they are, they are, they are really good because they are foundational. They are biblically based. He includes scripture references. It's not the kind of stuff that you read sometimes you're kind of scratching your heads. I don't know about that. I can't tell you why it's wrong, but you know what I'm saying? It's just the, it's, you don't have to worry about that. So, so what Connor said is, since the entrance of sin into the universe and the fall of mankind in Adam, God has been seeking to restore mankind. Because sin, if nothing else, messed us up. How many know that to be the truth? Right, the, the issues that we have right now in our lives, come on, some of the circumstances, praise the Lord, are the result of us still having to overcome sin in us. The way we see certain things. Our inability sometimes to receive the biblical truth that God loves us just as he loves his son Jesus. That's hard to get your mind around because you know you. Well, I know me. The rest of y'all probably got halos and all this stuff. I know me. And to think that God loves me just as he loves Jesus is just mind-boggling. Right? And, and see, one of the... Y'all messing with me already. One of the things that we have to realize 
is that the, the, the love that God has for us is not the love that we tend to have for one another. Because, see, we, we even believe because we're, we tend to still be self-centered after we get saved. I'm trying to stay behind this podium, praise the Lord, and be didactic. Glory to God. But, 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 but you know, we, we're still self-centered. And so even if we, uh, because we have a little bit of spiritual upbringing, tell folk that the greatest motivation is love, we're still wrong. Because the greatest motivation for a believer is no motivation. See, I said, you got to explain that. <laughs> because, see, if, if, if your motivation is love, if I don't respond to your acts of love, oh, man. come on, that's right. You're going to be, she helping me preach. You're going to be offended. <laughs> and so the way that God loves us, listen to me, his kind of love requires no response, no regard, no recognition, no reward wow. and no reciprocity. Wow, wow, wow. Now, 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 do you love like that? No, 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 Come on, because if I tell my wife I love her and she don't say it back, it could be, look, it's 11 o'clock. I did that in the morning. This is 11 o'clock at night. I'm still waiting on her to say, I love you. That's not the kind of love that God exhibits for us because his love, when we do it right, requires no response. So we need some restoration, right? And so, so, so God, he's been seeking to restore mankind, whether Jew or Gentile, back, look at this, to himself. So we're not trying to get to heaven. We're trying to get back to the Father. This is what Jesus said he was going. I'm going back to my Father, right? And, and, and so, and also back to the image of God from which man fell. Since the birth of the early church and its fall from early, from, from early glory, God also has been seeking to restore the church. The church has gotten off. The church has gotten out of order. Yes, the church has become corrupt. You, you know, you think about uh, uh, Revelations 3 and 20. Jesus is on the outside of the church. This blows my mind. Knocking on the door. But think about this. They're on the inside having church and not even aware that Jesus is not on the inside with them. And then you have to look at the church that he's on the outside of knocking on the door. They were affluent. Yep. They had people there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everything we would call successful. Yeah. Mm. So maybe our measure is wrong. Because the, the two churches that he had the worst condemnation for would be labeled as successful in our day. Yes, sir. But the two churches that he that he didn't have any condemnation against, we wouldn't call those churches successful. So the church must be out of order. Amen? Again, we're flying 50,000 feet. Come on, y'all all right? Put your seatbelt on. No, we, we're going to try to manage the turbulence. 
But, but also, he says, also has been seeking to restore the church, look at this, back to the glory from which it failed. The church is supposed to give an accurate representation of God. When you see the church, you ought to see God in his truest sense. We ought to make God clear and visible, not the building, but the people. So if you just come in the door and you've been abused and you've been neglected and you've been rejected, you, 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 you got all kind of wounds, father wounds, mother wounds, spouse wounds, whatever the case may be, and we just plug you in instead of restoring you first. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, uh, and y'all have the book back there, The Fullness of Ministry. It, I think, and I know your elders have been reading it, the chapter on shepherding is probably the most important chapter in that book because it talks about how Jesus only identified himself as only one facet of the fivefold that was as a shepherd. Somebody else identified him as the other four. And so for an apostle like me to say, well, I'm an apostle, not a shepherd, means I missed it. Because all the fivefold need to have a shepherd's heart. And, and uh, I, I had to uh, do a, 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 a teaching at a national leadership conference on um, how shepherding fit within the rest of the fivefold. And my wife can attest to this. Man, I was studying sheep. I was like, God, why'd you pick sheep? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I said, one, they're dumb. She's talking about us. That's the first thing. Man, and then they can get so dirty, and they can't clean themselves. They will eat so much, and then they will fall on their backs and can't get up. And if they, if they lie there too long, even if you put them on their feet again, they'll fall over again. I said, why'd you pick sheep? They can't defend themselves. Come on. They, they, oh, my God. They, they are terrified of rushing water. I mean, just all kinds of things. Yeah, just, just fragile. They have to be tended to. They have to be cared for. So you have to, you have, to have people who have the right heart to tend uh, to them, to feed them, right, to care for them. To protect them. That's why Jesus said, you know, he, he said, I'm the good shepherd, the shepherd, the good one who, who lays down his life for his sheep. He said, everybody else that has come before me, they are thieves and robbers. You know, because can I tell y'all something? Oh, my God. Why y'all mess with me like this? They only had, just like Jesus said, he said he only had one sheep and one fold. The church is out of order. Because you know what? Even if you had multiple shepherds with multiple flocks, there was a certain point that all the sheep showed up in the same fold. And the shepherd laid down across the threshold to keep the thieves and the robbers out. Just think about that. You look, look, just, you, you take, just look at this area. How many sheep 
and, and sheepfolds that we have that never come together. Let me move on. Chris Johnson said this, God will heal, mend, repair, and restore. What, 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 what did he say God would do? Heal, mend, repair, and restore. Now watch this. The hearts, lives, and relationships of his people. Our hearts need to be healed. Because see, even the men that are here tonight, we, we've learned how to just go on like we're not hurting. Come on, we, we've been told don't, don't, don't show any emotions. You know what I'm saying? You all right? Are you bleeding? Come on. Put a Band-Aid on it. Get up from there. Right? But our hearts need to be need to be healed. They need to be mended. Some in some of us they need to be repaired. They need to be restored. Some of us, our lives are so torn torn to pieces. We just learn how to mask it. Keep right on moving. Amen. And and, and our relationships. Look at that. But God is going to heal these, mend these, repair these, restore these, these relationships of his people which are torn, tattered, and they have been ripped apart. That's a good word. Amen. So I gave you this text in restoration. I'm not going to overwhelm y'all tonight. We're going to dig deep tomorrow though, and the next day. But, but this passage that we read is the greatest New Testament passage on the subject of restoration. That's why I said you need to take time and meditate on this. You need to get familiar with this, right? Because it's the greatest New Testament passage on the subject of restoration. God is known as the God of restoration. He restores. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, you know what? He could be the God of replacement. Yes. Uh, y'all didn't, didn't give God a good enough amen, so I figured I better. Right, right, because he could have just replaced you instead of taking you through a process of restoration. There's some things in you that he intends to keep. Come on. So, so a part of the function of the fivefold ministry is to restore and equip the saints for the work of service. So let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 19. And see, I, I know you, you guys have been, uh, been blessed to receive restoration from the leadership that you have here in this house. They cared enough about you uh, not to uh, be like some folk that just want to prostitute your gift. So, so when you come in the door with your resume, come on, because they're just, they're just trying to prop things up. No, over here you sit down for a little while. Right? <laughs> let, let, let's, look at, let's look at Mark chapter 1, verse 19. We don't need you to be wonderful. No, we need you to get healed up. Amen. Get restored. Come on. Uh, Mark chapter 1, look at verse 19. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat, underline this word, mending their nets. That, that word mending, we'll, we'll see, is the Greek word katartismos. Come on, say that. Katartismos. Amen. And let's look at Luke chapter 6, verse 40. 
Scripture says that they were mending their nets. So, you see, after they used their nets and they got back to shore, they took the time to go through every, every aspect of the net to make sure it was clean, to mend it if it had become torn. Mm -hmm. Come on, because what, what, what kind of sense does it make to throw a net out into the water that's torn and tattered? That's right. yeah. you, you'll lose all your fish. And see, this is the thing that God is restoring. We talked about it a few minutes ago. He's restoring the hearts and the lives and the relationship of his people because his people are his nets. Mm. Mm. Come on, and we can't contain the harvest. Think about it. Yeah. Because we're torn and tattered and broken in need of restoration, in need of repair. Luke 6, right? Verse 40. Is this helping anybody? Yes, sir. All right. He says here, now notice this. He says a disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone, look at this, who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. That word perfectly or perfect, I think in the King James Version, King James Version is the verb aspect of cartartismos. Now, this word, let's look at it on the screen. It means to render fit. See, you ought to thank God that you have leadership that wants to render you fit before they put you into service. Now, th this is what fivefold ministry is about. Fivefold ministry is not about rushing people into the work of service, it's about mending them, repairing them, restoring them, healing them. Rendering them fit, rendering them sound or healthy. Because if you're toxic and we put you in a ministry or over a ministry, all you're going to do is release that toxicity. Come on, somebody. So we need to render you sound or healthy, you know, sound judgment, sound emotionally. Am I talking to anybody? It means to, to complete you. And man, that's got so many aspects to it because, see, you could be in the church for a long time and have an incomplete revelation. That's right. You can have all, the, all the, the rituals down, like showing up on time and being in place and knowing when to say amen and knowing when to raise your hand. Y'all ain't saying nothing here. Amen. But, but your revelation is incomplete. Right? That is correct. It also means to, to equip. It means to arrange. Because some of your, your internal makeup can be out of order and needs to be spiritually brought into proper arrangement. See, they, they told you you look like a whatever. Like, you know, sometimes you tell kids, you look like a preacher. What does a preacher look like? So they grew up figuring, you know, I must be a preacher because they said I look like one and whatever that, you know, whatever that means. And, and you know how many people we have in our pulpits who are neither called nor, nor qualified by God? Look, God accredited Jesus, not men. Not schools. See, we, we go to schools and get degrees yeah. 
where they have accreditation for men. But when it comes to spiritual things, the only accreditation you need comes from God. So we have to, we have to, uh, uh, to adjust. Some folk need some adjustment. Like, like a, a spiritual chiropractor, if you will. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? Sometimes you can, you can be spiritually out of alignment and you have lived that way for so long that you can't tell it yourself. So you need somebody that has a good eye. Come on, that can peer into your spirit, man, into your soul, and see, look, you just need a little bit of tweaking this way. You've been walking like this. <laughs> we need to adjust you. Right? Bring you, bring you into proper alignment. Sometimes households are improperly aligned. Come on, you have passive men who are heads of households. And they're improperly aligned. That throws the entire household out of alignment. You have women who have been hurt by men and are now having to uh, lead a household by themselves. That bitterness and that hurt can make them be improperly aligned. See, that's why the word is seen as a rod, as a measure. It will, if you get aligned with the word, come on, it will bring you into proper order. Yes, sir. How many Sundays have you come into the church, glory to God, feeling some kind of way, and the word come out of his mouth and hit you, straighten you right on up? <laughs> come on, think about it. If you come to the Lord's house discouraged, come on now, when the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on. And you, you, you already made a pact with the devil. I'm not going to praise God. I'm not going to worship God. Because, see, you got to know that anything that tries to convince you not to praise or to worship God has got to be demonic. Come on. Anything that will cause you to want to go to sleep in service, that has got to be demonic. Yes. And so if you cooperate with those, those diabolical spirits, come on. Only the word of God can bring you into proper alignment. Yes, sir. The word will come and begin to change your mind. Yes. It'll move you from feelings and emotions to a place of faith. Yes. We, 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 you, listen, we don't praise God, I believe, in a way that's pleasing to him purely by emotion. I think he expects for our emotion to be in it, but we praise God by faith. Hallelujah, because we believe that he is, right? So we just give him glory. We can't see him, but we give him glory and we give him praise and we seek to put our heart in it because it's written in his word. With borrowed breath. He said, let everything that have breath praise. And, it, and he, look, he loaned you the breath. And you got a problem giving it back to him. Let's tell somebody, I need some adjustment. I need, I need to be adjusted. Glory to, that's why I keep coming back, because I need to be adjusted. It, it also means to strengthen. Everybody say strengthen. Amen. Amen. To strengthen, because there are areas in each and every one of us that need to be strengthened, fortified, right? Built up, enabled. Uh, it, it means to perfect, 
to complete, and I like this right here, to make one what he ought to be. Go, go to Hebrews 13, verse, look at verse 21. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, ain't that, that's something, that God wants to make you what you ought to be. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it tomorrow. Boy, I feel this thing. We'll get into it tomorrow. See, you have to understand that, in, that, that, that God already knows everything he wants to make you into. He knows what he, what he wants to make you to be. But he can't give you all of it at one time because you can't handle it. So he, he, takes, he takes one thing in you that he knows he needs to work on this quarter. He can't give you four quarters of working on you because you couldn't handle it. So he said, we're going to focus on this right here, this quarter. Right? And we'll talk about it again. I'm telling you, I'm giving you a prelude to, to, to tomorrow morning so you want to be here. But what he does, he sends the logos, which is his word. And that word will confront you. It will. Amen. It's good, though, because you'll start to realize that the choices that I've been making and the decisions, you know, that I've been making... They don't match up with God's will. So I need some adjustment. Come on, lift both hands and say, Lord, make me what I ought to be. Look, look at this. He says here in Hebrews 13, verse 21, make you complete. Everybody see that? Make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Somebody have that in the Amplified? The Amplified paraphrase? Can you pull that up real quick? But God wants to make us what it is that he wants us to be. I want, I want you to hear this in the Amplified. When you get it, just read it. Uh-huh. Amen. Do you, you see that, that clarity? What you ought to be. Which, which simply means I am not what I ought to be. I'm a work in progress. Come on. I, I have some improvements because the Lord been working on me. But I'm not what I ought to be. So God, don't stop working on me until I become all that I ought to be. Keep katartismos in me. Right? Keep rendering me fit, sound, healthy, complete, equip me, arrange, adjust, strengthen, perfect, complete me. Make me what I ought to be. And see, what this, what this supposes is that you cannot become what you ought to be without God. That's right. That's why his word is a mirror. Because... You can't really see yourself looking at yourself. You need some help. Oh, my God. You need some help. You need another set of eyes on you that knows how things are supposed to look. Hallelujah. That's why, you know, that, that, that saying they have, I don't look like what I've been through. You don't look like what you've been through because God doesn't. He never intended for you to look like what you've been through. He intended for you to look like Jesus. 
So that's why you don't go through like everybody else goes through. Hallelujah. We're just having a little Sunday school lesson. So, so, so what is being restored in the body? Again, 50,000 foot flower. Because you could talk about all of these, man, just about all year. So, so, but the first thing, everybody say the first thing. That God is restoring is the hearts, the lives, and the relationships of his people. That's the people are most important to God. That's the first thing that, the, that is being restored in the body. The hearts, the lives, and the relationships of his people. God never, ever births a destiny until he establishes a relationship. And we have some relationships that were, were, were intended to advance us that are, are broken. And they need to be restored. Amen? Second thing that, that and we'll talk about this uh, uh, tomorrow some, and then on Sunday morning. But, but the Lord is restoring revelation. Revelation. People are operating more by their senses now. Uh, the God of pragmatism has come into the church. So if it works, it's got to be God. That's not true. And so we need to have a, a revelation. And, and, there, and there are so many aspects of this revelation in terms of the things that God is restoring. The Bible says it in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, where there is no vision, really in the Hebrew, more accurately it says, where there is no prophetic revelation. Right? That, 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 that where there's no vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint. They run wild. So see, the world, especially in corporate America, it talks about vision. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. see, 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 vision is something that you can create. Yep. Revelation, though, is something that you can only receive. Yeah. And so we need a revelation from God. Hallelujah. Because see, there's some stuff that no eye has seen. No ear has heard. It hadn't entered into the heart of man. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Praise the Lord. But verse 10 says, But God has revealed these things to us by his spirit. Yes, sir. You ought to thank God that he reveals some things to you. Amen. Come on, say revelation. And then, the, then God is restoring, he's restoring the revelatory ministries. Who can tell me what they are? Mm -hmm. Y'all didn't know it was going to be a test, did you? <laughs> Prophecy? You, you close. I'll give it to you. Apostles and prophets are the two revelatory ministries in the fivefold. The apostles and the prophets. They have a, matter of fact, let's look at that. Uh, let's go, one place we can go to is Ephesians chapter 2. They, they, they both have been given this unique revelation that the, that the church needs imparted uh, to her. Revelation, not revelation, Ephesians, praise the Lord, chapter 2. And let's look at verse 20. It says, having been, been built on the foundation of the apostles, y'all see that? 
and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And then, then drop down to chapter 3. And let's look there at, uh, just for a second time, we'll just go to verse 5. He says, uh, well, let, let's read verse 4. By which when you read, you may understand my knowledge, look at this, in the mystery of Christ, mm -hmm. right? All mysteries require revelation. And so he says here in verse 5, which in other ages was not made known, look at this, to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed, how? By the Spirit to whom? His holy apostles and prophets. So apostles and prophets carry uh, a revelation that's unique, right? They impart a rev this revelation. So 1 Corinthians 12, 28, turn there real quick. Yeah. Because, see, this is one of the things that God has restored in the church. But men, because we tend to think uh, with, with from a place of carnality, what we've done is made this hierarchical when it's really not about hierarchy. It's about a process or a sequence for building. 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it says here, And God has appointed these in the church first, Apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. It's just like when you build a house or a building. You don't call uh, the electrician in and you don't have a foundation yet. You don't call the roofer in, right? Come on, the guy that puts the ceiling. You, 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 so the apostles come in and they lay the foundation along with the prophets. We just read that. Mm -hmm. And it's all based on revelation. Okay? The evangelists, we know, they, they not only uh, mobilize the saints to gather the lost, but the shepherds and the teachers have the responsibility of taking the revelation from the apostles and the prophets and breaking it down so the people can consume it. So you need everybody. All right? And then, then number five, the Lord is restoring uh, in, in the body fivefold ministry functioning properly. Because we have fivefold, not fivefold, we have pseudo fivefold ministry being nice. Come on. P people who have called themselves to fivefold ministry. Uh, a lot of them, praise the Lord, look like they're in the Roman Catholic Church. Right? Come on, they, they, wear, they wear the attire of the, the Roman Catholic Church. Right? Who, 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 who that church borrowed their garb from the Caesars. Come on. I mean, we, we've been studying the, 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 the book of Revelation. And when John says that I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, that's not Sunday. That's right. That was the day that uh, the Caesar had set aside so that everybody could come on that one day and declare Caesar is Lord. He named it the Lord's day. So, you know, that's why John was on the Isle of Patmos. He said, for the word of God, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we, we got we to gotta 
We have some five-fold ministry that's not functioning properly. They are in, they have this hierarchy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And instead of equipping the saints, they're raping the saints. A perfect picture, glory be to God, is, is, is if you notice, Esther and women in the Bible either represent uh, the, the true church or the false church. It's the type. <coughs> Esther represents the church. Notice, those who prepared Esther for the king were eunuchs. Mm -hmm. yeah. They could get her ready. Come on, y'all. But they couldn't be intimate with Come her. On. Come on. We have folk that claim to be fivefold, and they should be eunuchs because the bride doesn't belong to us. Come on. We're, we're to prepare the bride for the king that's coming. So we, we, we have to get this fivefold ministry functioning. Properly, when you look at the church being out of order, when you look at the church being ill-equipped, when you look at the church not uh, demonstrating the glory of God, that reflects on the fivefold ministry. Amen. Amen. The, the message of the Father has to be restored, right? The Father and His fatherhood. You you've been getting exposed to that. Amen. But 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 we need to to to, to teach to impart this message of the Father, who He is the implication of his fatherhood for us. That makes us his sons. Yes. That, you know, there's nothing else that God can add to you if he, if he makes you his son. Right? So not what I do, but who I am yes. is, what, is what matters. Yes, sir. And he's my father. Then, then the whole idea of sonship, uh, Apostle John was praying about uh, us not having that orphan mentality. Amen? But, I mean, you, you, we don't, sometimes we're not even aware of it because we have not heard the message of the Father. See, if you don't hear the message of the Father, you have no way of recognizing that you have an orphan mentality. And orphans will never cry out for that which they have no idea they have need. So we need to understand sonship, yes, sir. right? And we need to see it through his eyes. Yes, Praise sir. the Lord. And then, and then lastly, the mystery of the inheritance of the Godhead in the saints. That's loaded. I told y'all this is 50,000 foot flower. <laughs> right? But, but he's restoring this. And, and, and I can't teach on it tonight because we're about to run out of time. But, but just know Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 9 down through 23, you can see two aspects of uh, this mystery of the inheritance. Then you have to go to Romans to see the, to see the other part of it, and that's not what we're talking about tonight. But there's a mystery <laughs> of the inheritance. I will say this. What's so powerful about this inheritance is this. We inherit God. What else do you need? Now, they inherit us, but we inherit him. That's powerful. Amen? So we got, we got to move forward. We got to move forward. I know you all had a long day. We got to get back. So, so as it pertains to revelation, amen, 
uh, again, Connor says this, man being made in the image and the likeness of God has within himself certain faculties, look at this, which enable him to receive revelation from God. This distinguishes us from the other beast. That we can receive revelation from God. The fact that man is created but fallen, uh, but a fallen being indicates his need of a revelation of God. You can't get out of a fallen state. You know that, com that commercial, I've fallen, I can't get up? Yes, <laughs> we have to have this revelation, right, of God and to come out of our fallenness and to be made whole, to be complete. Unless God takes the initiative. Now, see, see, we'll talk about this, I think, on Sunday, but, but there's two types of revelation. There's general revelation, and then there's special revelation. There's some things that, you, that anybody can know about God because it's just general. But there's some special revelation. Come on. You know when God speaks to you, when the Logos stops being Logos and turns to Rhema, the word reaches up right out of your Bible, grabs you in your collar and says, look right here. That's special revelation. There's some things that the Lord has shown you and revealed to you and given you. You didn't, you didn't study a book. You didn't go to a class, glory be to God. But the Lord took the initiative and revealed himself to you. And so then it is impossible for men, look at this, to discover or to know God without God initiating this. The only reason why you know God it's because he chose you so you could wow. know him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And since he knows you've been walking in darkness for so long, he doesn't just turn the light on all of a sudden. Come on, he doesn't turn on all the light because he knows you can't handle all of the light. See, he said, I give you my word because it's a light unto your feet and a lamp. You know, those lights they used was just for one step at a time. That's a good word. You ever thought about that? That what you know about God right now, he intended for you to know. Now, let, let me say this to you. You don't learn them on the mountain, mountaintop. You learn them in the valley. Because, and we'll talk about this too, cognitive knowledge doesn't transform. But exper experiential knowledge does. Amen. Amen. So you think about there's some things that you know about God the devil can't ever take away from you. Ever. All right. So so uh, Connor also says that revelation, this is a great definition, is the act of God's communicating or transmitting his knowledge to man. Now, we know Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the secret things belong to God. Amen. But what he has revealed to us is for us and our children. So there are certain things that he wants us to know. Right. And so it's God communicating and transmitting his knowledge. The Bible is not man's thoughts about God, but God revealing himself to man. That's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. In such a case, it would usually involve the communication of knowledge that could not otherwise be known. Who 
we're going to talk on Sunday morning, we're going to talk about finding hidden treasure, discovering hidden treasure. Because you know, just like me, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. I thought I was the only one. But I, you know, I looked at my Bible and I said, man, I didn't know that was in there, but I read it before. Or somebody comes and teaches, come on, am I talking in the truth? And you say, man, I read that, I didn't see that in there before. That's revelation. He allows us to discover hidden treasure, and it's hidden right in front of us. Amen. Except he reveals it, you won't even know it. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Then, then, then lastly, revelation primarily has to do, this is Chris Johnson, with the unveiling, uncovering, unfolding of, and the pulling back of the curtain on the person of Jesus Christ and all that the Father has purposed in him because Jesus is the revelation. He is the revelation. Let, let, let's look at these scriptures real quick. Well, uh, okay, Galatians 1 and 12. Amen. All right. Amen. It's one in every church. Take your time, Pastor. Everybody looking at their watch say, man, I need to get out of here so I can go eat. And you got to say, you got to walk watch it. Take your time. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Let's look at what he said. Galatians 1 and 12. Look what Paul says. For I neither received it from man. See, we've got to get to the place where we don't run to men first. We go to God. We ask God. We pray uh, 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 prayers where we're asking God's question. And we sit long enough to listen for him to speak. He said, I neither received it from man nor was I taught it, but it came, look at this, through the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, we, got, we have so many cookie-cutter Christians and cookie-cutter churches where they didn't let nobody ask God. They just duplicated what somebody else was doing. And so we become echoes and not voices. Come on, say, Lord, give me a revelation. Give me a revelation. Man, make, matter of fact, this, that, this is being taught, like I said, it's going to sit on each of you differently. So you need to say, Lord, open my eyes so I can see. Take the scales off of my eyes. I, I want to get, there's some things that God has been, that, that he wants you to see. I think he's going to unlock for you in, in the days and the weeks to come. Because you're getting this word. Amen. Let's look at Galatians 2 and 2. He says, and I went up, look at this, by revelation. How much are you doing in your life that you never got a revelation on it before you engaged in it? That's right. yeah. Paul said, I'm moved by revelation. Come on. If God had not given me a revelation of what I'm doing right now, I would have quit a long time ago and found me. I think I could be good at some other stuff. But God gave me a revelation. And you know, sometimes all you have is that revelation. People think you're crazy. It's not working out like he showed you. Everything in you wants to quit. 
But you realize you're not, you're not functioning by your flesh. You're functioning by something that God cared enough to pull the covers back Come so you on. could see it. Hallelujah. He, he says that I went up by revelation, look, and I communicated to them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. So Paul was saying he, he, knew, he knew he couldn't share his revelation with everybody because everybody couldn't receive it. They couldn't handle it. Do you follow what I'm saying? See, sometimes God shows you some things just for you. And you, and, and you don't need to be apologetic about it, and you don't need to feel like you need to explain to people why it is that you're maneuvering like you're maneuvering. You have a revelation from God, and that thing is driving you. Paul had seen something. Amen. Let's go to, let, let, I love this passage right here. This is a process of revelation. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 2. You, you, have, you have this marked in your Bibles. Pretty sure. We just quoted it, but I, I want you to see these two verses. Amen. See, matter of fact, look at verse 8. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew. They didn't have a revelation. They had no insight whatsoever. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But look at this. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered, have entered into the heart of man. Look at the things which God has prepared. He is Jehovah Jireh. I told y'all before, he is what he does and he does what he is. Mm -hmm. Right? So he's a provider. Yes, sir. Pro before vide to see. He sees to it before there's ever a need. Prepared means marked before. He's got some stuff for you that he marked before. Before you ever need it. Before you ever come into the realization of it. Wow. He's finished all of his works. Isn't that something? Glory. And then it goes on to say in verse 10, but God has revealed them to us how? Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Is that good? Drop down to verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Man, that's so powerful. God doesn't want you to operate from a hope or a wish perspective. He wants you to operate from a place of knowledge that you know that there's some things that he has freely given. You don't have to work for it. It wouldn't be a gift if you had to work for it. And he wants you to know what he's freely given to you. So he reveals it to you. Amen. 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 All right, let's get this last slide before the, the take your time, pastor, people start talking. <laughs> I was walking a couple of weeks ago and I was meditating on, on our time together and God dropped these nine things into my spirit that he's restoring and giving his revelation uh, to his church. And I believe they, they matter to this church. Amen? Again, this is a fifth of thousand. Y'all know how many messages? It, 
However many slides I got, that's probably how many messages we could have and then some, right? But, but he's restoring and giving a revelation of his person. A lot of people are in the church, but they do not know God. They don't know him. They know about him. And so he's restoring and giving a revelation of his person. He's given also a revelation of his presence and then a revelation of his power. These are the three aspects of the glory of God. His person, his presence, and his power. When Moses said, show me your glory, Lord. This is what God revealed, his person, his presence, and his power. God is restoring that, and he's giving a revelation on these things. Then number four, he's restoring his people. He's helping us to see who we are in him. Amen? Giving us insight into what it is he wants us to be. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. The process that he, he's going to take us through. And see, if it's a process, that means it's progressive. Yes. You won't get there overnight. That's right. Amen. And now he, he's not going to let you die on the wheel either. Amen. I know sometimes you feel like, Lord, you, you love me to death, Lord. Right? He's also restoring. <laughs> he's also restoring and giving a revelation of his purpose. That's why we've been talking about God's ultimate intention. So that we can know what his true purpose is. It's not redemption. Because if man would have never sinned, right, God would have never needed redemption. He had a purpose beyond all of that. And we know that, that, that it's threefold, that, that God would get, amen, a family of sons just like his son, that Jesus would get, amen, a body, right, and that the Holy Spirit will get a temple. But we need, we need to understand that. Otherwise, we will put our time and our energy into things that are, that are really working against God's purpose. Yes, yes, sir. What did Miles Monroe say about purpose? That ignorance of purpose makes abuse inevitable. That's why we have so many people that are in church, but they're out of, line, out of alignment. They're out of order. Yes, they're chasing after the wrong purpose. Yes, yes, yes. God is restoring his principles because he's a principle-centered God. When you go to the word of God, you should be looking for patterns, principles, precepts, and promises. Amen? That's number seven, pattern. Because that's how God operates, by pattern. You go, you, when he told um, Moses and David to build, and even Paul, he said to do so according to the pattern that I've shown you. And so we've deviated from the pattern. Amen? Because, hallelujah, what we chose to do, you know, I've never done this before, but if you take a two-by-four and you're supposed to cut it three feet and you take one and you measure it and cut it three feet, but then you use the one that you cut to make the cut on the next one and the next one and the next one, Right? Instead of going back and get, y'all ain't helping me preach, and getting the right ruler. Right? Then when you stack all that wood beside each other, every one of them is going to be off. And so that's what we're doing in the church, right? We're we copying what they're doing in Tulsa, in Atlanta. Come on, in L.A. Come on, in Australia. But we're not using this. 
So we have to go back to the pattern. See, I, y'all, yeah, y'all too young, but when, when, when I grew up, my, grew up, my grandmama, she had the little, little white envelopes, and when, they, and when they got ready to make a dress or a shirt, they pulled a pattern out. Y'all don't know, y'all don't know nothing about that. Come on now. And they laid a pattern on the fabric. Come on. And they had a little wheel, and they wrote, oh! And they wrote a little wheel on the, come on, right? They had to pin it down. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We go to the store and buy all our clothes now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Amen. He, he's also restoring his provision. Amen. And, and see, you have got to realize that God wants you to have more. And, and listen, and when God blesses you, he has more than you in mind. Yes. Come on, there's some things that we need to do that we need some folk in the church to have more than enough. Yes, sir. I'm not talking about getting off into uh, the era of the prosperity gospel, yes. but God needs us to have some things. Yes. Right? Am I, am I telling truth yes. to anybody? Yes. Right. So he needs us to have. There's some people that you want to bless. Right? Come on. Right? And with provision, you can do that. Yes. And then last thing, God's restoring praises. Yes. It's called a tabernacle of David and Davidic worship. Amen. See, I tell you, this is 50,000 foot flower. A, see, 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 we have to understand. This is why we can't play. Y'all, y'all don't have this problem here. We can't play with praise and worship because when we get praise and worship right, God will speak to yes. us. Yes. He'll show up. Yeah, he will. And so, and so we, we, we have to get this right, and he's restoring. There's some order to this that's missing. We have folk who are professional performers. They have skill but no anointing. Come on, and we need some folk that can play like David played. And demons, you, you folks, man, we, we, we received a prophetic word for, for our, our worship team that, that the worship would be, become so profound and, and there would be an escalation of miracles. It would be just like Peter's shadow falling on people. I'm waiting on that. Because we have to be a people that know how to build in the spirit and, and stop trying to rush from, from one song to another song and be open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit saying, I know this is what y'all rehearsed, but I just want you to take this word right here. And if you open your mouth, I'll fill it with good things to say. And you'll lift up a praise to me. Now, they'll catch on, catch on to it, glory be to God, by the spirit. But we're going to see some folk heal and deliver. And they're not going to have to call a prayer line. And nobody's not, not going to have to lay hands on anybody. But while we were praising God. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.